This episode contains spoilers for Spider-Man No Way Home. If you haven't seen Spider-Man No Way Home, we suggest you see it before listening to the episode, because we do not want to spoil it for you. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. So it's all been leading up to this, guys. We've been doing throwback retrospective episodes in the VIP, talking MCU all year long. Thanks to everyone that's been joining us for those. Sent their feedback. But man, it really all has been leading up to this. I didn't even know it until the end of this movie that it was going to lead up to all of this. But here we are, Spider-Man No Way Home. We're here to talk about it. Welcome in for another Bad About Movies. So much to talk about this year. So many more movies coming out. We hope you'll subscribe here on the podcast app of your choice and also in the VIP feed because we're going to have so many Oscar-y type episodes. We're not, it's not all going to fit on the main feed. Because we, we got to talk MacGruber, too. And that'll be like 12 episodes on the main feed alone. Um, you know, <laughs> three episodes uh, per episode at least for the series. So look mm-hmm. forward to that. Yeah. Uh, but We got to bring it down minute by minute and actually second yeah. by second. And maybe a solid 30 seconds on every second. But just say we're not going to let the time best. constraints of the episode dictate it. We'll just... Hit record and once yeah. we're we're done done talking, yeah, this, we're gonna hit it's like stop a Scorsese and, movie. Yeah, you get what you get. <laughs> that's what yeah. it is. That's the thing. One take, frame by frame. All right. So yeah, we're. I mean, we're gonna be doing. You know, we've got Ricardo's uh, coming out here soon. I'm looking forward to that. We've got so many awardsy type movies to talk about and blockbustery type movies. So speaking of that, welcome to our VIPs who are joining us on the luxury of the big screen TV at their house because we're on video and they requested wow. a video episode. So they get to enjoy that as well. Look so, at us. So, Look um, how handsome we are. I know you'll get the AMAs and all those episodes and the video version of this episode. Ooh. So if you're a VIP, Very just sexy. stop it right now yeah. and check us out on video before we get into this review. Mm-hmm. Kind of have an Oreo thing going on with Brian and I on either side I and, do. and, Dark hoodies with Kent and a mm-hmm. and a light hoodie in between. Yeah. Well, I'm in a. I have a darker background. I would just look like a floating head if I didn't have a light hoodie on. <laughs> That's <laughs> how we prefer you. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Disembodied. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so it's, yeah. That's how you imagine me anyway. Just mm-hmm. like this. Yep. This voice yep. in the sky. Anyway. So I am excited about talk, talking about this one because I love these Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Not only the MCU ones, but obviously have a huge affinity for the Tobey Maguire ones as well as the, uh, the Andrew Garfield ones because I grew up on them. So you had a built-in nostalgia for them. And, but I must admit, I love Brian to pass it off to you. Mm-hmm. I love what in, uh, Marvel and Kevin Feige have done since they've gotten the rights to the Spider-Man stuff. Yeah. It, uh, I, I don't want to break news here, but I, I think Kevin Feige might be good at his job. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, it's possible. Pretty anyway. good batting uh, average. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's doing all right for himself and for, for his company. Yeah, man. I, I, I love Spider-Man. I've said before, you know, we, we, we all three, I think come from to all this from a pretty interesting perspective of like, none of us grew up watching or, or, or reading comic books and and none of us were super into all these various superheroes it was pretty much for all of us i think it was mostly batman superman and and spider-man and then for me especially it was x-men when that came along um that that animated series when i was like 10 years old or something and um but spider-man always was somebody that i i loved and and uh was very excited about kind of whatever i could get my hand whether it was an action figure or uh you know, a 30 minute movie on a VHS that you can rent at the, at the grocery store or whatever. So like Spider-Man's always been uh, a favorite of mine and he's clearly got a very high Q rating right now still, um, with, with everybody. I mean, I, I think that, that his, the, the Spider-Man brand is very strong even before this movie came out. Um, but I, 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 I'll go back and I'll watch those movies. The, the McGuire ones, not so much the Garfield ones, and uh, I feel like it's pretty, it's diminishing returns pretty much every time I watch them. But there is still some nostalgia built in and just some, at least for me, I'm always like, yeah, but like these were kind of the first ones. So it gets, I, I grade on a curve a little bit um, 
when I'm watching those those McGuire movies. But but since it's come over to to Marvel and and Feige's in charge of it and stuff, it's I mean, I've said many times, I love these these movies. I think Tom Holland is a great Peter Parker and a great Spider-Man. I love the way that it incorporates. Usually, it can get a little too Iron Man-y, but I, I love the way that they, these incorporate into the MCU at large. And um, I think that they've just done a fantastic job of finding the tone for for this superhero as well as for you know just the movies that they're doing. You know, they're, they're so much fun, but also have a good chunk of emotion to them. They... Um, they just, I don't know. There's just a, there's a lively pace to them, and and again, they've got both parts of of this character right. I think, and that uh, that makes a big difference as well. So I love these things, and I was uh, this is probably my most anticipated movie of the year. I would I would guess this was certainly way high up there, if if not number one. Yeah, Richard. Um, we know you were a big fan of Topher Grace's work in the originals, but what do you think of the newest <laughs> Justice iteration? for Topher? Mm-hmm. No, I. That's misconstrued. I I liked his work in the original, but I, I just like him. Like we're just super tight bros, mm-hmm. Toph yeah. and I. Right. Um. No. Yeah. So I I didn't like those original ones in the moment for whatever reason, but I kind of the same as Brian with context now understanding what came later. I mm-hmm. I, I, I do understand that they were up. You know, it's like hearing you know really basic you know Buddy Holly garage songs and and grading them with the the sound of of modern music you go well i mean sure but for their time they certainly kind of invented a bunch of stuff and you yeah sure um buddy holly's better than the spider-man movies probably the garfield ones uh are just such a weird um i remember being excited for those because like 500 days of summer was a really big movie garfield was kind of interesting if a stone was you know was really kind of becoming a big star and they're kind of interesting. And then they never really lived up to whatever hype they had. Um, and then obviously with the, with this new iteration, it's been kind of kicking kicking from the beginning. Did you guys yeah, read I mean, the I, big picture? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you guys read the section on, on Amy, what Amy Pascal was talking about? The fact that it was a huge myth that those movies were, weren't a success. And that everybody, she says, like, everybody I heard from loved them. And everybody wanted more, and we just (laughs) never did do them. And I'm not sure if I, like, I probably kind of agree with that because people just love Spider-Man. You know, I think we look back with negative feelings, but I think at the time, people were just like, okay, where's the next one? You know, okay, that one might not have been great, but we still wanted another one of those. Nobody was calling for Andrew Garfield's job after the first, after that second Spider-Man movie came out. I don't feel like, you know. Those are like... Those are those weird movies where you see this on occasion. They're like very well executed, but not especially creative at all. Like, yeah, I see it. They just desaturated like the original ones. Like, shoot the saturate the color a little less bright. Yeah, let's just do check all the boxes (laughs) here. Gonna check all these kind of tonal boxes of what's cool right now, 2012 or whatever, and. They're like weirdly less obviously because they're newer too, but they they take less risks and thus they're less cringe than the original rhyme uh, Rami three or mm-hmm. however you say that. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those words I can never say. Rami, but Rami, thank you. But they, but they also don't ever get to any of the emotional heights of them either. They're just like really careful blockbuster Good movies. Good way to put it, yeah. And uh, whereas Marvel has found a way to do you know the new MCU stuff, I should say. Uh, has found a way to be kind of careful too, but also with a lot of verve. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Spider Man's a great example of that. It's it's uh, you, you, as we always say the the great thing about Marvel, with like literally maybe one maybe two exceptions, is it's not their tens. A lot of places can make tens on occasion. It's the fact that they're never below a seven. Right. Like that's why they're Marvel. And, and, and you know what I mean? Like they're yep. so good at raising mm-hmm. the, the basement on things. Um, and you just kind of know protected that this is going to at least be good. Um, but uh, Spider-Man, they reach for a little more. Uh, yeah. The, this trilogy has been great. And uh, this was such an interesting way to, as we kind of go into spoilers, because there's no way to talk about these without it. Mm-hmm. Um, a great way to incorporate the history of this character on film, and they did such a such a cool job of it. 
Yeah, and I feel like this Spider-Man series also appeals to just Spider-Man fans in general. And you don't necessarily have to be super connected to the MCU at large to enjoy these movies and go see them. Uh, it feels like kind of its own trilogy of its in and of itself. And yeah, it's connected to the Avengers universe. But mm-hmm. if this is just a standalone trilogy, I think it would be a really fun fun movies like my parents love these i've I've said that before they they go see spider-man and 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 really enjoy them but they don't go see all the mcu movies they they might see a few of them if they you know uh their their friends are talking about them or whatever they do really well but they'll enjoy this because uh, they love spider-man and it totally fits what they expect it to be and it has all the visuals and all Mm. the it checks all the boxes Uh, but what i've really enjoyed about it too is just this style. These have such a great style for Spider-Man. They are actually like a, a lot more visually creative than the standard fare of what we get in the MCU when it comes to just the whip pans and the quick zooms and the, just the cinematography style feels like Spider-Man. And they really figured that out quickly and that differentiates it, I think, from the Sam Raimi ones, which I think, from a color palette standpoint, nail Spider-Man. And they really do carry that over into these because that, that really poppy, bright colors is is kind of what you want for this instead of what we got with the Andrew Garfield series. So I just think combined with some stuff that they took from Raimi, some stuff they learned from the Andrew Garfield series, and then adding some of their own creative flair. They really did. They nailed the formula for this. And then casting a star. I mean, Tom Holland mm-hmm. is a movie star. He's proven it beyond Spider-Man. Yeah, he is Spider-Man, but he's going to do other stuff, and he is, and and he's making money doing that, and people are going to see him and supporting him. Speaking of that, this movie, second highest grossing movie of all time, behind uh, Endgame for opening opening weekend in the times we are living in uh, where people aren't going to movies, apparently. Or that's what we're told anyway, right? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's the... I mean, it'll probably pass Bond this weekend as the biggest um, of the year other than the, you know, these movies in China that m- won't get released, you know, mm-hmm. fully globally and things like that. But yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that there was a great. Uh, I was listening to uh, PTA um, on a podcast. He was promoting licorice pizza, and he was. They asked him, like, do you do you kind of resent um, pop these popcorn set? Would you ever? You would never do a Marvel movie. And he was like, well, I mean, it may not be for me in terms of making something, but I I totally see the value of it. And by the way, like, you know, if people ever are going to go back to movie theaters, guess what's going to bring them? Mm-hmm. Spider Man. Like, right. <laughs> you know, to to turn your nose up at that as a filmmaker is a really dumb island to be on. Like these are the movies that get people um, used to and kind of recreate the behavior of, of going to the, to the, you know, cinemaplex and, and then hopefully the rest of us can build off of that. Yeah. I think that's totally right. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Is, yeah. it's, it's crazy. Like it, it's shocking to me though, really um, that it did this, this well. I mean, this was like a classic, I mean, what, Probably only thirty percent lower than it would normally have been in pre-COVID. Yeah. Maybe twenty percent lower. I mean, that's yeah. wild. I know. And you're taking. I mean, you're kind of taking New York off the board too, with right. everything that's happening there. I mean, sure. I, I don't know how much that market would be worth by itself, because uh, you know, without getting too COVIDy, but like that's a that's a pretty big chunk that potentially would have seen this and and could not. You know, uh, maybe. <laughs> Maybe maybe it's two seventy. Maybe it's two eighty. I don't know. It's a, it's it's a wild number, man. It's it's a huge number for especially for for what we're dealing with right now. And hey. on a grouper weekend, <laughs> exactly. where you're assuming, I would say at least half the country's got eight, eight episodes of MacGruber to hammer yeah. out. Yeah, everybody took Friday off, you know, so they could do both. I did. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, so we're gonna get really spoilery here. So I, I, it's going to be really tough to talk about this movie as a whole without getting spoilery. Yeah. So I did warn you at the top, but if you're here and you still haven't seen the movie, it's a once in a lifetime experience to see this for the first time and to have and to know what happens and all that. You might love us, but you're not going to, you don't love us as much <laughs> as you're going to love this movie. I promise you that. Hopefully not anyway. So last time. All right, let's get into this. Um, 
I really liked how they started right off with this. You know, it, it starts immediately with as if there's no lead up, there's no build up, there's no ex- exposition. It's just straight into the next scene from the, from the last movie. And I, I think Marvel has kind of figured that out. They don't have to kind of explain things. They can just throw you into it and you know who's who and you know Spider-Man, Spider-Man, and this is the bad guy and, and all that. And I really appreciate that about this, especially when there's two and a half hours and you don't spend the first 10 minutes where you're just like, all right, get on with it already. <laughs> we know this already mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. They trim the fat at the beginning. And so you just, you hit the ground running. You got Mysterio making an appearance at the top. I love Mysterio. I want, I want them to bring him back and in a bigger capacity. So that was cool. And then we cut to Richard. I knew you love this. J Jonah Jameson is basically just info wars now. And the whole yeah. bit on that <laughs> is so brilliant. It's such a perfect way to do it because I mean, that's what, that's what that was. I think, I guess in the Raimi films, it was more of a commentary on tabloid, you know, what would it be? New York Daily Post and National Enquirer and things like that. I mean, mm-hmm. Infowars and that kind of stuff is that of this time, you know? So I think it's a perfect correlation and it makes perfect sense with this. And it's a hilarious, a hilarious commentary. And and to see J.K. Simmons in that role again is is incredible. Yeah. No, absolutely. It was uh, a great twist on it and also something that, that ties a lot of these together. Um, so it was, it was, no, it was fun. He's, he's great. JK's great. The way that he portrays I'm still that mad at him, but so yeah. Fun. Yeah. It's, it's a solid, it's a good bit and, and feels like a natural evolution for that character, I think. So that's, that helps a little bit too. That first flight sequence we get where Peter picks up MJ and they're just flying through the, streets of new york he like takes her home i guess is so cool man you you just hope that with every new spider-man you're like man i've I've seen every spider-man what more can we see <laughs> with spider-man mm-hmm. what more can they show us on screen with this guy flying around on on webs that we haven't seen well i hadn't seen that or he picks up somebody and you're seeing it from like her perspective and both of them at the same time that was awesome and i never seen aunt may die so i was excited for that <laughs> Speaking of that, I loved the fling with Happy. <laughs> I think that's a. I think that's a great. Uh-huh. They're they're just like, all right, I'll talk to you later. No, I'll talk to you later. You know, oh, it's a fling. No, oh, and he gets super upset when he gets dumped and stuff. I think that's a that's a funny thing. And I love Happy still involved in this series too. Mm-hmm. Think about. It. I mean, that yeah. guy was introduced in two thousand eight in the first yeah. Iron Man, and he's still. Mm-hmm. He's a fun, relevant part of this. I think Favreau is a really, mm-hmm. obviously an underrated actor, but it is a consistent through line for this and, and kind of keeps it grounded mm-hmm. in a way I didn't expect before, I guess, this movie. Because to me, he's just kind of felt like comic relief. But he, he really is, I think, going to be the father figure to Peter. Yeah, it could be. It would be interesting to see what they do with that. It, but I, I just like that he's there. I like he provides a little bit of of uh, MCU cushion, and obviously you're gonna get a bunch of that with with Doctor Strange. But it, I don't know. It it feels like a it feels like a tie to to uh, Iron Man and to Tony, and and I I think that I think there's some. Um, it's like an emotional primer there, given what is coming for the rest of the movie. You know, it's like it's nice to have that that connection back to Iron Man, um, even while at the same time, I think for all of us being like, it's kind of nice not having 400 Iron Man suits Mm -hmm. in in a Marvel movie. That's good. So, I thought the interrogation scene was really fun where each of the Spider-Men and associates are being interrogated for being Mm -hmm. Spider-Man and the entire... What's up? Yeah, then they... Yeah, that was cool. This is kind of my main thought of this entire experience is kind of summed up here where Marvel, Kevin Feige, everybody, I think when they bring these characters in, when they decide, okay, we want to have X character in this movie, the way to do it is always makes so much sense to me. And with the story, Mm -hmm. with, 
um, where it's going, and for them to say, okay, Peter's arrested for being Spider-Man. He needs a lawyer. Oh, who's that going to be, right? It's the perfect candidate. It's Mm -hmm. the perfect way to bring him in naturally without it feeling like um, you know, the first Justice League, basically, where they're just yeah. throwing, introducing characters mm-hmm. for no reason, <laughs> yeah. and you don't know why, and it doesn't make sense. Every iteration of this, you know, bringing Doctor Strange back to make, do the spell, to make everybody forget Spider-Man is the only way that he can solve the, all of this, right? Makes sense perfectly mm-hmm. within the entire, the, con- convince MIT to let me in. That all made complete sense to me. And I think that's what I was most worried about with this. Sure. When you see yeah. a, a third sequel, you see, okay, we're going to have these characters and, oh, there's a rumor this guy's going to be in. They're bringing this guy back. I'm like, okay, that's great, but is it going to be a cluster? That's yeah. what I'm worried about. And Yeah, I, I think that... Sorry, Ken. I, I think you're right. And, and what I love about that is like it, it, it doesn't feel, to me at least, it doesn't feel MacGuffin-y. All these things that they do on the surface level. If you and I'm I'm not that bright and I don't think deeply about most things, certainly not um comic We've movies. made that very clear on Yeah, the show, you yeah. guys have really beat that into my head and I appreciate it. You guys uh, you know, you no, keep my ego you. from getting too big. Um but but I'm sure that if you if you really want to dig into it and you want to you want to pull up the threads and find stuff, you can. You can find ways where like that doesn't make sense or that's whatever, inconsistent or whatever else. On the surface, all of these things that they just did in this movie, which is pretty complex and and I think pretty ambitious given what we have seen from several other Marvel movies over the years, it doesn't feel contrived. It doesn't feel um, out of out of place when they bring in this character or that character or this whole multiverse of people. And I was the same way, Ken. I was nervous coming in a little bit of. This is a lot. You are trying to cram in a lot into this movie and maybe that will work and maybe it won't, but but I certainly didn't want to come away feeling like that was fun, but gosh, there were so many things that just didn't really make sense to me and and I didn't. I didn't feel that way. Everything that happens along the line, I felt like, yeah, I think a 17-year-old would make that decision, you know. Yeah, I do think that that's how this would play out. I think that those, you know, that kind of stuff I think makes a a difference over the the course when you have tons of decisions like that or moments or or interactions or whatever and all of them just kind of feel at least on the very base surface, yeah, that that makes sense. That I think that heightens the experience of the movie. It makes you feel like you're watching something that um Almost something that, like, I don't want to say that matters. It's a comic book movie. But, like, it has a little more weight to it than it could have, I think, in this situation. Let's let's talk about the fact that this movie is essentially a direct response to the success of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That thing was huge. They saw the potential there. They said, oh, my God, people are down with multiple Spider-Men, let's do, we can do that. How do we do that? And maybe they were wrapping up production for the second Spider-Man or or just finished it. So they, it doesn't seem like they could have just done that naturally because it doesn't seem like there was something they were planning from Spider-Man Homecoming to do the multiverse, in my opinion. I mean, Mm -hmm. maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's a fairly new direction that they wanted to take this thing. And... So for them to do that, I thought it made total sense to have Doctor Strange as the the instigator of, of said event. Peter messes up the spell, and here's what brings back the other villains. You know, the, this is what opens up the multiverse. Or Peter's friend messing up Doctor Strange's equipment is what brings back these other people. It's all by mistake, right? But I think... The the proof of concept was in Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And I think that got everybody warm to the idea to where when they could sit down in the theater and watch this one, it they were expecting it. It made sense to them. They knew what the story was. It wasn't like a huge sell as like, okay, the, the entire possibilities of existence are now on the table. We already kind of have done that and we're cool with it. And so now the MCU just gets to play in that playground and they get to bring all these characters back. Naturally, 
I was nervous, but I mean, when I saw Doc Ock come out, I got freaking jazzed. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I love that character so much. And I think that bridge sequence was a really cool introduction. And then, of course, you have the Green Goblin show up, Willem Dafoe. What do we think about them making Willem Dafoe essentially the main antagonist of this movie and this series at the end of the day? He becomes the face of villainy villainy or whatever in this. Mm -hmm. And I say face because we actually get to use his face. (laughs) Yeah. The first one, you know, he had the mask and there was controversy of like, because they had this makeup set up for him that looked awesome that they were going to use. And they're like, well, why didn't they just do that? Because they wanted to have a mask and sell toys and all that, that kind of stuff. And so this one, we actually get to see Willem Dafoe act as Green Goblin way more Mm -hmm. and as Osborn, which is great. And they didn't just throw the mask on him for nostalgia's sake, which we do get to see. And he actually smashes it in here. I think it's just a great commentary on that whole mask situation and what that was. There's Mm -hmm. so much meta stuff in this movie, which we'll get into. And that's a whole, maybe another podcast. No, he just didn't. They told him there was a mandate. He just did not. Yeah, he is like no masks for me. Yeah. It was a weird thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. there was a lot of political commentary in this. We can we don't have to necessarily get into that, but there's there's a lot of that of current commentary in it that I that I do like, and I thought Peter taking over the nanobot thing was really cool too. Yeah, you know, Doc Ock gets in a fight, the nanobots that. take over, and that's how he gains control of Doc Ock is because now it's Peter's nanobots as the arms and yeah. he puts them in this prison that and they can cool. kind of go mm-hmm. figure out what's going on. That was a really cool inventive way to, to yeah. bond the two and to get them talking. And I don't know. I thought that was, I'm, I'm not a nanobots guy. I think that's, I hate the look of it. I, I've, I've ever since they've done that, I've just been kind of annoyed with it. Cause I loved the Iron Man where the whole thing, the mask opens up. It's like, ching, 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 ching. Mm. like that whole thing. I love that. So now they have the nanobots, but that was cool. Yeah. If you're going to have nanobots, do it cool. Right. Yeah. They did a cool job with that. Use it um, in the story in some, some cool way like that. Yeah. I think having those two villains come out first is a big deal too, because uh, prior to the, the MCU, because I think Vulture's incredible. Vol- Keaton and Vulture just are, are fantastic, and the Mysterio's great too. Prior to the MCU movies, Doc Ock is by far, in my opinion, the best villain of, of the bunch, but at also uh, Green Goblin and, uh, and Norman are... Nor- that's the most personal villain. And so kind of having... Doc Ock, here's the appearance. Cool. All right, this is this is happening. Like we're we're getting this thing. We knew that this was gonna happen, but like it was it was kind of a thrill seeing it for the first time, seeing Doc Ock come out, and that scene is fantastic. And then when you as you go deeper into it and you you're gonna get, okay, Green Goblin's gonna be the big bad in all this. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense and it and it works really well. And also gotta say, Defoe can be Defoe can be super cringy with his over the top acting yeah. and kind of insanity that he plays in that he does really Perfect well. He can be this. a great Perfect. villain. Yeah. Um, but he can be way over the top. Um Sam Raimi can be super cringy as a director and and a lot of the stuff that they do, the over the top kind of kitschiness of it can be aggravating uh or at least very cringy. The combination of those two is not great. Taking Defoe away from Sam Raimi and having him play the exact same character was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. And I don't mean that as a knock on Raimi. He's, he's, Raimi's like not my cup of tea, but I do understand like the value of, of what he does and, and his, his fans and the people that like watching his movies. I don't really. Um, but having, it's, it was so interesting seeing like basically the exact same character, but just <laughs> with like, little bit of different direction at the top that it, it becomes like something that I was like, I'm really into this character. Like I can really see how this could have worked a little bit better in that original Spider-Man movie. If it wasn't the combination of these two guys, you were, you kept telling me though, you were texting me during, you kept saying, where's Franco? Uh-huh. That's yeah. my boy. So I, I say, Franco was so pissed. Off. He didn't get yeah. the call. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, one way to know, redeem my, my career would be right. to show up in this. Prove but. it in a court of law is all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, 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 that's what, how that's you what, stand. No, that's I what Disney that. said. That's what, that's what they said. <laughs> uh, and we get this great sequence uh, right after that with 
this black suit Spider-Man, which looked like it just, it, it was a inside out version of a yeah. spider suit. I thought that yeah, was a creative way to do that. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> that was sweet. Yeah. And we get Electro back and this great sequence in kind of the middle of the woods. And we get Richard's line of the year. I hate the woods from Electro. <laughs> So now yep. Electro is his favorite character. Jamie Foxx and I are, yeah. we're both huge Dallas Mavericks fans. Mm-hmm. We hate the woods. They hate the woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that was an, an awesome sequence of them flying through this wooded area with all these power lines and Electro kind of showing off that his That character power. was cool. I, I, I no, think that's a cool, yeah, really cool character that was so blue in mm-hmm. the original and he's not blue here really at all, which I yeah. appreciate. Also is not like autistic too. Yeah. So that was better. They just made him, made him in his normal self in this new (laughs) universe, which he comments on too. And I really like how, um, they use the arc reactor as a jumping off point for him because the electricity and the infinite power and that whole thing works really Mm -hmm. well. And you know, you get flashes, of Iron Man 2 there with the suit that he was kind of wearing with the arc reactor later in the film. So that was cool. So we're bringing back characters from the amazing Spider-Man now, and then we get Sandman and Thomas Hayden Church, super pissed. He's like, it's sand the entire movie. It's like what? <laughs> eight seconds of screen time, maybe yeah. for this guy. Nah, he's working on that wings reboot, dude. He's good. <laughs> Jamie Foxx gets yeah. to be beautiful. Jamie Foxx the entire time, you know, Willem yeah. Dafoe. But yeah, he has to be sand faced the entire time. On the time, plus which side, was he very a, expensive. He had a Marvel check, so yeah, he did probably, get a get that Marvel. Probably haven't been getting a lot of those lately. So yeah, until that it, sideways reboot that, that's going. That yeah. uh, I don't know if that Spider Man three uh, residual check is that high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but yeah. that's where we are. <laughs> probably uh, peaked when PS threes were new, since the other Blu Ray that came with like every single PS three that, that anyone bought. So then we have a pivotal moment in the film where they decide we need to reverse the spell. That this has gone too far. This can't happen. We need to try to change this. And then they go to this strange dimension. And I wish I'd seen this movie in 3D for this sequence where they're on this train and there's like mountains and cities kind of coming out of the sky and ground at the same time. It looked unbelievable. I liked that. And then Doctor Strange kind of gets trapped in this alternate dimension, Peter decides he wants to help all these enemies get back to their normal selves. You know, he wants to be his friendly neighborhood Spider-Man again. But this is where the the uh, old Spider-Men start to be called back in. And this is when the theater reaction started. Actually, they started with Murdoch, which got a big, a big reaction in my theater. Maybe the biggest. But then the first reveal is the amazing Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield, which we had talked about recently on the show, guys. If he got that call, I was just saying, if he got that call, it wouldn't surprise me if he was like, no, I'm good. I got, I got a lot of other stuff because he seems to be doing really well in his, in his career. It's not like he needed to do mm-hmm. a Marvel movie, but I'm sure it's great. But it wouldn't have surprised me if he had said, no, I'm thanks though. Thanks, but no thanks kind of a thing. But there he was, man. I wonder if there's a little bit of. Re- I want redemption on this. This is like, this I is wanna, my yeah. I want to do. I want to. I you know. I don't know Andrew Garfield's like. Uh, I don't know if he was like a super Spider-Man, you know, kid or whatever a nerd. I think up, he was. I think he was. Yeah. Well, yeah. regardless, I would think that. Uh, you maybe there may be a bit of a, a part of you that's just like I can go in. A, I'm gonna get paid a ton of money. I'm sure. I'm sure they they both got just a ton to put on the suit again. But I can go in. I can do this. I know these are well received. I so there's a really good chance that this is gonna be a good movie, and I can just go in and and do, um, you know, a little bit of work here and kind of maybe reframe myself in my, you know, in those movies, in that role or something. Cause I gotta be honest that it did for me. I think that he's kind of sucky in the, uh, the amazing Spider-Man movies. They're not very good. And it's, it's certainly not all his fault that they're not very good, but I'm not super impressed with him, um, in those movies. And I wasn't, I thought he was awesome. I thought he was great in this. It was one. Of, it feels very dumb for a guy who, 
to say this about somebody who is going to be nominated for an Oscar this year for a different role, yeah. probably, and has already done a lot of really great work. But outside of Social Network, this this might be the first time that I personally was like, "Holy cow, he's really good." This is he he kind of brought it in this, and I, he's I that greatly guy. Appreciated he's like the twenty 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 one Michigan Wolverines in that like deserves to be in the playoff. He's probably really good right now, mm-hmm. but in September you weren't wrong to criticize him either, sure. right? He's That's like yeah. a lot of these actors show up kind of like fully formed, but mm-hmm. I feel like he's like a, a develop he's like a Dorian Finney Smith, Brian, to speak your language. <laughs> like you know, he sure. he he got better, like That's you know, it. which mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Like bit by bit. Yeah. I mean he did that. He he's done he's picked we talked about this a couple of episodes ago, but like he seems to have good taste. He yeah. picks smart projects for his wheelhouse. And he's gotten like he 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 went from like you know social network whatever that script's so good but and it's Fincher but oh this guy's you know you see these Spider Man movies so like, okay he's not that good and then it's like okay no he's good in good stuff but sure. he's bad the Affleck syndrome right yeah. we're like yeah. but he's bad in bad stuff and he's just gonna be that guy now it's like oh no this guy now is like even good and bad stuff. Like he's carrying things mm. more than I ever thought he could. And that's cool to watch. I like seeing someone like develop and yeah. like learn kind of on the job like that. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was yeah. Good. And you know, just emphasizing my main thought of this movie is, you know, you talk about bringing guys back, can they do it naturally? And in my opinion, you know, we never got, we never ended those that first two trilogy, those first two trilogies, we did with Spider Man three, yeah. but no one liked that. Everyone, everyone hated it. Sam Raimi hated it. Toby hated it. Mm-hmm. No, everyone disregards it. It's like the the it's like the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull of the Spider Man movie. Like people just want to forget that. Like <laughs> What's that? when they go back and That's watch weird. them, they yeah, don't even. Why would you put those words together? That's a weird choice of words. It's not even in the machete order of how you would watch Spider Man or re- sure. reconsider. It's like they don't even think of it. And, and, uh, so the same with the other ones, there was no amazing Spider-Man three. It's an unfinished Mm -hmm. trilogy. And so in a lot of ways, this is wrapping up three trilogies. This is really like the end Mm -hmm. of Spider-Man, the, the Sam Raimi ones, the Sam Spider-Man, the old, the amazing, and then homecoming series. And it really felt like that when they brought back. All three of the Spider-Man, and then they had both all of their main villains on the screen. Uh-huh. I mean, I I couldn't believe how invested I was and how all this worked. And I was like, man, yeah. this does feel so earned for so many years. Yeah, building up to this, like the rumors of man, why didn't they? All the stories of why didn't they do Spider-Man four and canceled this and money spent and all this crap. This does feel like such a moment for the, mm-hmm. for everything. And one more point on this is I was driving home the other day. You see a billboard for Spider-Man Far From Home. And it has Spider-Man and Doctor Strange on it. And oh, I'm just yeah. thinking to myself, good God, hats off to the freaking restraint of Disney. Because if they put Spider-Man <laughs> yeah. Far From Home and it was Tom Holland. No way home. And, no way home. Yeah. No way home. I told you I would do that. <laughs> and it was Tom Holland, freaking Andrew Garfield, and yeah. Tobey Maguire. This thing would have made twice it, as much it, money. It made have made more weekend. money. Yeah, yeah. I, that I is incredible for, for straight. And I for all of Disney's evil corporate. Yes, um, they they do this well. If it, it, the integrity of the movie or the TV show, I mean, yeah. harkening back to Mandalorian season one with with uh, Grogu and, and Baby Yoda and just not having any merchandise or anything like that. Mm-hmm. and But but because that's what needed to happen for the show to have the impact that you want in that episode when that happens yep. and stuff. So they, you know, it certainly helps that, they're, that the company's worth, you know, several yeah. billion dollars. So whatever, you know, they can, yeah. they can scoff at a little, at a few hundred, hundred million bucks here and there. But, uh, yeah, it's it's it again for all the bad stuff they do. They they get that kind of thing right. They do it well. So they they say yeah. okay, yeah, just throw Doc Ock in the trailer, and that's enough tease. You know, sure. that's basically yeah. it. That's like yeah. it opens Pandora's well, box. They're there smart too, because you yeah, because you generate buzz based on 
what else is who else yeah. is going to be in this movie? How is this going to mm-hmm. play out? And all the fan theories. The denial of Garfield was unbelievable and... too. Like he denied yeah. everything, and it was yeah, clear. Like for sure, he and Tobey Maguire had to have been there for like two months. Like they were in so yeah. much of this movie. Like it's the fact, work. I mean, it wasn't a cameo. Yes, you know? it was. It was a real. That's kind of what I expected. Was like a glorified cameo, and instead, it's like no. The th- the whole third act of the movie is is all three of these guys. They're also, I mean, structurally with the uh, uh, with the way that the movie takes place, they're really smart to bring those two guys out right after Aunt May dies. Because yes. you're just yeah. like... You're sobbing. I have just been through the emotional yeah. Yeah. ringer with this. And uh, I mean, you know, shocking, I know, to everybody. I was just like bawling my eyes out almost with, with Aunt May. I thought that was such a... I mean, that was just such a tough difficult real scene and marissa tomei is an american treasure and the absolute best and the delivery of that line of you know with great power comes great responsibility and the gravitas with which she says that and then five minutes later here come the other spider-man so you're already kind of emotionally primed and then out come these guys because like i don't have any nostalgia for toby mcguire i think toby mcguire kind of sucks as both a person and an actor most of the time but not as a poker player. But not as a poker player. Heck of a poker player. Um, oh man! But when he comes through that portal, I was like, "All right, this is getting me." Like Dude. this, there, there's something cool about what's happening on screen here, and it's it's working for me big time. And I don't know that that would have happened if you just like start the movie with, "Hey, here comes Tobey Maguire." You know, I I don't know. It's 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 structured very well uh, for at least for for idiots like me who are who are super emotional in movies. You know, you hear the rumors about about Andrew Garfield. I, you know, you see the Twitter stories and all that kind of stuff over the past six months of like, is he or isn't he in the movie? Mm-hmm. You don't hear any of that about Tobey Maguire. So, uh, in my estimation, when I went into this, I was like, he's not going to be in this, and if he is, it might be a cameo. But I'm with you, Brian. Like when when the, you start to realize that he's that that's him. Or he comes through that door in that youth youth pastor outfit, as they call it, in, in in this. I got emotional, man, because in so many ways he is Spider Man to me, and on screen sure. and everything yeah. that we know now, and and what that character is is because of him and his portrayal of it. And I just thought that was a beautiful moment to bring to bring him back and to to do it so naturally, made so much sense, and. Just the interaction, the scene between Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, well, I think my favorite mm-hmm. moment in the movie was just them bonding together. And I didn't expect that either, because that had to have been weird for them to shoot. But those moments, and then just seeing all three of the Spider-Men on screen together was epic. Uh, I mean, like I said, you know, screenshot that and sell, you know, mm-hmm. print money, basically. Uh, right. I really like that. They bonded over the line of great with great power comes great responsibility that, you know, they, they basically decide, Oh, somebody in each of our lives has said that to us. You know, we're all each destined for this kind of a thing. I mm-hmm. really liked that. They poke fun at the, I only got to fight our lame rhinoceros in my <laughs> robot yeah. rhinoceros yeah. and all the kind of meta commentary you could ever want from, from bringing them back was was yeah. used here, and I thought it's crazy. You know, my back hurts. Oh my god, I gotta crack my back. You know, the whole Toby thing, where his his back's always hurting him in the, in the Spider Man series. You know, he's trying to he picks him up. You know, oh my god, dude, sorry. No, no, you're good. Uh, I, you know, part of the Toby thing too is like the reason I, I feel like no one was talking about it. Like Garfield's like no one cares about him at all anymore. Mm-hmm. Like Garfield's like a really relevant. Sure. Pop culture figure and outside of Spider Man nostalgia, Tobey Maguire is like, who care, you know? Mm-hmm. But it was cool to see him. I don't care about him at all as an actor, right? Um, but it was cool to, to like, on a pure nostalgia front, to kind of see him get that moment a bit, right? Yeah. Whereas Garfield feels like he has other stuff going on. It was like sure. kind of cool that Maguire came in and, and nailed that part of it. And you're right, Kent. Their dynamic together was. Uh-huh. Was great. He played that well too. Just kind of having this like almost this kind of elder statesman mm-hmm. vibe to what he was doing on screen. It was sort of under unassuming and 
Um, I, I thought it was a great, it was a great max, uh, uh, mashup between with the three of them and their, their kind of yeah. general tone and stuff. You could tell that they, <laughs> when they pulled him out from the, the past, he was like not currently living as like an active Spider-Man. Like you could, it was like he had been retired for 10 years and then they pulled mm-hmm. him out and he was like sure. reflecting on his time as Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, and then sure. he puts on the suit, man. Like he, they, they mm-hmm. went full on action scenes with these guys and everything, which is like yeah. it's not like oh, I'm showing up as an Obi Wan type character to yes. to give mm-hmm. you uh, some advice and then go on my way. No, like they are full. Right. They're swinging the the webs and them talking about the difference in the web shooters. Like I have to literally make mine. <laughs> I love <laughs> so, that. I thought that was really funny. that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> that was such a controversial thing at the time. Uh-huh. Yeah. That Toby's was organic, so I thought that was so yeah. funny that they referenced that. <laughs> and he's like, does yes. it come out of anywhere else? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. Talk about emotional moments. Andrew Garfield getting to save MJ. Yeah. In this. Oh really man. Cool. Yeah. So perfect. Yeah. Was like the moment he never got and that killed him probably yeah. his whole life, you know, was was uh, you know, got that closure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like the only callback to those two movies that has a whole lot of relevance at all yeah. in my opinion. And, and yep. so, yes, it was very cool to give him that moment and let, let that, let that transpire the way it did. I thought that was great. And uh, final sequence. I was worried it was going to be to Spider-Man suit flying everywhere, but it really mm-hmm. didn't feel like that. It looked really cool. It looked yeah. great. I don't know. Maybe they, they teased us the trailers with a different ending, but I could have sworn I saw more, spider-man suits than this yeah. two or whatever i don't know but whatever i think part what helps in that front is it's three and they're very they they're different suits and they're they're pretty and i know iron there's some different iron man suits that come across in the various did they did disguise them in the in the trailer so they wouldn't be able to tell it was like yeah they yeah you know them out yeah 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 Campbell did a whole bit of like the Campbell did a bit when he had Holland on because he's always trying to get him to narc out stuff on Marvel. <laughs> and there's he like zoomed in on the trailer and there's a bad guy that like comes flying in and then he just gets punched by nothing because they clearly photoshopped yeah, right. a Spider Man out. It's like, so who punches this guy? Holland's like, I I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, he just panics. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Maybe they disguised yeah. the Spider Man suits in the trailers to look like different Spider Man suits than the uh Toby Maguire version. Yeah. So people would mm-hmm. just see that in the trailer. Okay, maybe. That's what I was seeing. Yeah. Okay. Smart. They got me, man. They got me. And I was expecting everything on the table pretty much with this. But mm-hmm. I thought it was a nice way to end all of these Spider-Man movies, but also kind of feels like an Avengers movie in some way and also feels yeah, like a sequel say, to the other ones, too. So My question is, it definitely, can't. great point that it, it sort of is a, a fitting final chapter for three different iterations of Spider-Man. But um, how, how does it fit to you? Both you, I would ask this question because you're smarter than me on this stuff. For the MCU phase 69 or whatever we're at going forward, like what, it, where, how did it set? How did it live in that universe to you? Well, let's get there. Let's get there with the, uh, okay. the mid trailer sequences, all that kind of stuff. Yes. Uh, so we, we essentially end the movie with, and I thought it was a really poignant, touching yeah. way where yeah. he erases everyone's memory. He men in black, mm-hmm. men in black, flashy things him, mm-hmm. and that scene where he goes in to talk to MJ and sees his friend getting an MIT. That whole thing just worked great. And yeah. you know, I think from an MCU perspective, you know, he's resetting himself as Spider Man. You know, mm-hmm. he's still Spider Man, but I think he doesn't have the obligation of basically everything he had before. All the people knew he was Peter Parker. You know, everything had blown yeah. up in his face, basically. So now he can be Spider-Man and kind of choose his path. And probably and that path get in can touch be Sony him. or Marvel, too, by the way. Yeah. Like, that's an interesting that's kind true. of meta thing. We don't know where that lives. Well, I mean, I saw the movie. It was so jazzed. And then the freaking tease of Venom. I'm like, good uh, God. Yeah. At least it's going to be non-hardy. I think it'll no, be a different... Hardy. No, it's Hardy, but he leaves a piece of the okay. symbiote in the yeah, new universe, true. so yeah. it could be a different actor picks it up. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. It's probably. Oh, let's be real. It's probably going to be a Hardy. Hardy because he's a big enough name. But look, maybe they, they, Tom they, Holland gets uh, symbiote. 
Yeah, see, I think that it opens up the... I think what that does is that it 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 means that, that Venom can be in these movies, yeah. but that Hardy can't we'll have his own because, step, he, yeah, yeah, because he goes he, back. he's from a different universe, right? Like, because he gets phased away at the end, so... I think just the the concept I of think, Venom I now is introduced. Yeah, I think that I think you're right on. I that. think you're yeah. right by the fact that he leaves it that he leaves it behind. That's what they were saying. Is like okay, there's some symbiote now, right? And yeah, there might be right. something in the contract where it's like Tom Hardy just can't be in the MCU movies. I'm sure that's yeah. what. I think we're gonna have. I mean, a, other than a Joker like a type situation or a Batman type situation with these, it'll be probably executed more el- elegantly because mm-hmm. it's Marvel or it's Disney versus Warner brothers actually. Right, right. But I think there's going to be, you know how we're going to have Affleck Batman and Pattinson Batman and Michael Keaton Batman in the mm-hmm. next year. Right. Um, I think we'll have and Patton Oswald Batman. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think we'll have uh, Tom Hardy Venom and you know whoever you know. That's how I Alana, took it. Alana Hyam will be yeah. Venom or something. You know, like <laughs> Malane, whatever. Young kind of, Can we get John Mulaney Spider Man yeah. as Spider Pig back officially? Yeah. yeah, but it'll be some young you know whoever had a hot year this year, young mm-hmm. actor that'll that'll be mm-hmm. Marvel yeah. Venom, and we'll all go. Oh, that was yeah, that was way I could understand what he said. Right. And he did have an Eminem song at the end, like it's 2003. That was pretty Bam. rad. Speaking of understand, understand what they said. I had I had not known about this until this screening. There was a guy next to me in the theater who I thought was trying to film the movie, but apparently you can get like a caption monitor at the front, and it shows the captions right in front of you the entire time. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. I didn't know about that either. That's really I cool. Did not know that. I and, guess that's an AMC and, thing. I don't know. Shane, Shane, uh, Batman Shane, who, you know, obviously works in movies, is like, oh, yeah, just go ask him. I was like, why did you tell me this? I've been talking about how I love captions yeah. on the show for years and how I sometimes seek out, you know, like a, or if I stumble across a caption screening on accident, I won't like get my money back. So I'm like, oh, yeah, actually, it doesn't bother me that much, you know. But for certain things like MCU, you know, heavy, you know, Cyrano, I'm going to need one for that, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> give me, give me the caption. So I know the names and I can figure mm-hmm. out what's going on and all the, sure. all the stuff. But I didn't know that. That's a really, a really cool thing uh, that they, that they got going on there. Yeah. But oh, yeah. We'll see. you, you accused him of pirating and fought him. No, I was not, a, turned I was not accusing was... him. I was applauding him. I was like, this guy's not hiding it. <laughs> He's just sitting there with it, but no, it's it looks like an iPhone that just like yeah. it has a little tripod that like sits in the cup holder and it like has a little screen that like shows the closed captioning of the movie. Like then that is a great a great idea. So I don't sure if they encourage that for everybody that's not hard of hearing, but I'm like, sir, if you're hard of hearing, like no, I'm just I just can't pay attention to movies. I really need this. I need help with it, please. So that's kind of uh, yeah, a really cool. cool invention that I did not know mm. existed until till this. So I, yeah. I learned that. Um, where do we want to end on this? Where do we think they're going to go with it and, and all that? Yeah, I think I'm interested, good. Brian. You're like the. I'd love to hear your thoughts on on what this means for Phase whatever of mm-hmm. Marvel. Go ahead, Ken. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot to mention the Miles Morales um, shout out or. Electro says, why isn't there a black spider man or wonder what people oh, yeah. think of black spider man. Yeah. Sets that up perfectly. And also I mentioned this in our in our spoiler chat, because people were blowing that thing up this weekend, by the way, after mm-hmm. they saw No Way Home. Is all the naming conventions of Homecoming, Far From Home, No Way Home sets up perfectly for Miles Away. Oh uh-huh. Now we're talking. <laughs> yeah. Now we're talking. <laughs> Spider-Man. <I don't> know. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. We did it. Um, so yeah, then maybe yeah. they'll go there next. That's what I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious, Richard, because I. I don't know. I don't know. I think you. It does kind of reset things. It opens up maybe what you can do with with this character and the way that he connects and interacts with the rest of the Avengers moving forward, or maybe doesn't. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I. I, I would. I would assume that any Avengers movies moving forward are going to, as long as they can do it, are going to contain Spider-Man because he's the biggest star that they have. And it would feel, it would be strange if Disney was like, now nah, we're good. We don't, we don't need that um, in those movies, but it, it does kind of 
change a little bit of like what you can do and the way that that um that you can utilize that character moving forward i'm 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 more curious honestly than I am like full of uh full of ideas and and um think you know thoughts of what they they're they're going to do or might do it's more for me of just like well this could be very interesting then we're gonna be we're gonna get um it's almost like a fresh start for a big chunk of of dmcu um which i think is good because we're we're like 25 plus movies in at this point and it's 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 a lot of homework to keep up with at this point so it'd be kind of cool if not every movie felt like game of thrones with all the names and dates and events and stuff like that, that you have to remember in order to watch the movie. So, all right, before we move on and reveal our grades for Spider-Man, no way home. Got it right this time. Time is running out to sign up for the NYU Tish pro online courses that you can take this spring screenwriting, documentary, filmmaking, using their remote platform. A lot of people listen to this show, but maybe you're somebody who sees yourself getting involved in movie making. Maybe you want to make movies like Spider-Man someday. Great way to start is with NYU Tish Pro. This spring, they're doing it all online. It's digital from the ground up. They've got a great little feature on there where all your classmates and crew can actually comment virtually on your videos. They can leave comments on the timeline so that you guys know what you're talking about. It's a great way to get experience in the film industry in today's modern world. It's truly unlike any other platform that you've used in online class before. It's not just a Zoom. This is awesome. But the deadline for the spring courses is January 7th. So you need to act now if you want to sign up. They've got the documentary workshop for the screen. It's got the New York Times op doc team in charge of that. So it's going to be amazing. If you want to go, go to tishpro.smashcut.com. Slash Matt. It's tishpro.smashcut.com slash Matt. The link is in the description. Sign up now and get a head start 2022 on your movie career. All right. Want to hit a grade? Yeah. Let's do it. Where does this rank of Brian first in your MCU list? Is this like your favorite I, Marvel movie ever? Yeah. Not, like not I, put it, I put it in my letterbox, uh, which is just Brian Gill. Um, and I currently, I have it top five. Now I, I, I change things around pretty frequently, like a week later, you know, like coming right out of the theater, putting stuff into a list. Um, I'll kind of revisit that later, but I mean, it's, it's very, very high up there and it's going to be, it feels like a great achievement, kind of the way that, that Avengers Endgame felt like a, a huge accomplishment to me and not just a great movie. Like there's a lot going on here and similar again to Endgame, it kind of feels like the culmination of a lot of things. And so I, I, I it gets bonus points for me, um, on sort of the ambition of it all, but it's definitely, it's easily immediately top five and, and maybe higher and. As far as Spider-Man movies go, it's it's this. I mean, I love Homecoming. I, Homecoming, I've said many times, one of the the more rewatchable movies of this uh, of the MCU to me. You can rewatch that one kind of on its own, and it, it's just fun and lively, and I love the characters and stuff. Um, but it's like it's between this and Spider Verse to me for the top Spider-Man movie of all time um, as well. So I loved this. I thought it was a it was. Um, it was like the movie that I was the, the the event that I have been looking forward to for the last like two years. I think this like whole COVID experience. We've had a lot of really good um, blockbustery popcorn actiony kind of movies over the last couple of years, but like this one for me personally, not not a lot over the last couple of years. Over the last few months, we've had several of those, but this is the one to me that was like, yep, that's that's what we have been missing. Um, over the course of, of this, this pandemic thing, it was, it was everything that I wanted it to be. And, and, um, a lot more emotionally, honestly, than I thought that I was going to get out of it. So very high for me, a plus, I'll just go and get my grade a plus. Um, it'll be, be shocked if this wasn't in my, in my, the top five or, or eight of, of the year at the end of it for me. So that's me. Yeah. I'll give it a, um, an A-plus as well, four and a half stars probably on Letterboxd. And I'm with you, Brian. The level of difficulty here is, is crazy. You know, you got the CEO saying, hey, we want we want Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire back, make it happen. It's pretty, dif- pretty difficult <laughs> in this day and age to make it cohesive, yeah. all that kind of stuff. 
and and I know that um, there's a lot of thought put into this stuff. My one complaint would be this thing was so long. Oh my gosh, this was. But I think it, yeah. it is the end of a, a culmination of so much. So yeah, I give it a pass there, but. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to see the two hour, 10 minute cut instead of the two hour, 36 minute cut. We'll see what that would have been. Yeah. But this is we'll one see. of the few where I, I, I felt fine with the, with the runtime. Uh, there was not a point where I was like, all right, let's, let's wrap this up. Let's get moving. Everything felt like it for me felt like it, it fit. And, and most of it made a lot of, I think again, made sense narratively too. Um, maybe, maybe, you know, there's like a couple of things here and there maybe that are, um, some of the stuff was strange is maybe a little, uh, is a little McGuffney and, and uh, you know, maybe here and there, but for the most part to, to do something like this narratively with all the moving parts that you have going and have it make even sort of sense, let alone like, yeah, that word really worked and made sense is, is pretty good. So that's a, that's a pretty impressive feat, but, but uh, yeah, no, I, I mean like looking at the timeline going in or excuse me, the, the, the runtime going in, I was like, oof, that's, that's going to be pretty rough. But one of the few that I thought, no, that's that, that worked for me time wise. Yeah, for me, I, I I thought it was really smart, really impressive, interesting. Still, we're not getting a kind of layout what we think we're going to get yet from Marvel going forward. It'll come in due time. You know, this and Into the Spider-Verse, Brian, I agree, are probably the two best Spider-Man movies or Homecoming. But Into the Spider-Verse is like 117 minutes, and this was like 200 minutes sure. or yeah. something. So yeah, it was a little long for me on some of the scenes, just needed some trimming. So I'll knock that'll knock it down to like an A minus for me, but it's a it, you know what's great in this is is really great. So so A minus for me, but uh, but but you know one of the better Marvel movies for sure. Yeah, my favorite Spider Men movie or Homecoming. This this one uh, Spider Man Two, I love that mm-hmm. one too. The original uh, Raimi one, and. I actually like Far From Home too, the Maguire one. I do too. too. Yeah. I think that one's really solid. After the rewatch, we did the episode on it this year. I think mm-hmm. that one's yeah. That one's great. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's move on and hit a weekly recommend before we oh, get out of here. Yeah. Weekly recommend. All right, short and simple this week, I'm gonna recommend McGruber. Brian, what do you got? Oh nice. I am also gonna recommend McGruber. Wow. Richard? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine too. It's been hard. It's between... Uh, MacGruber the show and MacGruber uh, uh, the movie. The yeah. movie and The Unbearable Lightness of Being, uh, the book, novel. <laughs> but I'm going to go MacGruber the series because it's perfect mm-hmm. and it's everything I've wanted for 11 years. Yes. I just, uh, I'm just, I just love being in the MacGruber family, you know, because there's, mm-hmm. it's still like, even though this is a show on Peacock, it still feels like there's a kind of fraternity of... of small amount of people that still know about this and, and enjoy it, but yeah. we enjoy it together and it's great. It's not, it's it hasn't broken into the mainstream and I'm still happy about that. And we still street get to dead. enjoy the content street without it being dead. like yeah. It's funny too. When you search McGruber on Twitter or something, there's like some tweets and stuff, but then literally like every comedy writer that's on Twitter is like, Oh my God, are you? Watching <laughs> yeah. It's like the ultimate yeah. comedy nerd yeah. thing in the world. It has the approval it, of the funny people. So let's it's so funny, it's man. So Gosh, funny. Brian, by the way, I meant to tell you, I got you a locket. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> the opening scene, the callback to the celery on the opening scene where Gruber's in jail. Uh, the, uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, the racket ball or whatever. Me. Yeah, you heard me. Yeah, that whole thing. We'll get. We're gonna do uh, some episode. We're gonna break down some audio. Get that whole thing uh, going again. And by the way, Will Forte McGruber was on our show about a year ago, so you can look for that. And we talk about McGruber with him, and he teases some stuff on the show and and all that. So that that's not a joke. It's not Richard doing a Will Forte impression, which a lot of people thought it was going to be. They saw yeah. the episode title and they're like, oh, great. They got a Forte impression on. They're like, no, it was yeah. actually Forte. Shut your butt. It was, it was incredible. Great guy. Check that out. You, you saw the day drinking thing with him and Seth Myers, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. my Lord. Inc- unbelievable. How close he got. On the Mount really Rushmore of, of a, treasures now, in my opinion. Yeah. Just really proud of you as a father. <laughs> That made me laugh harder than anything I think ever he, has. He <laughs> never breaks. Nose to nose. Just nose to nose. I just really think you're doing a great job. I don't think I've ever seen Forte like genuinely laugh at something, which is 
It's such a compliment to see one of the funniest people on earth just uh, be yes. able to own the room in every situation and never like never fall at the mercy of any other comedian. <laughs> no, he's always the guy that's <laughs> in control. I love him. All right. That's it. Uh, we're going to talk about It's a Wonderful Life in the mm. VIP this week in honor of Christmas and the anniversary of it. So check that out. I know there's a lot of fans of it. But thanks for being a, a listener. Subscribe. Thanks for watching on video if you're doing that. And uh, we'll see you next time at the Lay Cinema. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegs. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. The salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. <laughs>